to episode 13, if that's all I know. We're a teenager. Well, or I'm lucky for some. Yeah. Or lucky for some. I mean, it's taken us a month to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Danielle. This is my mum, Elaine. And we like learning stuff, but we've had an unexpected break. Mostly because yeah. I've had about three colds that just won't leave me alone. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs sniffling. No. Not in this COVID era, where every sniffle could be, you got COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, before that, I had two without you. I know. So it's been ages for you. It has, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I don't know what they say, change is good as a rest. <laughs> and all that. <laughs> I've got some quite good facts for you later. Have you? Yeah. Well, on my imaginary scoreboard in my head, I'm definitely ahead of you, even though I don't know how many points we've got. But I today... don't think that's true. Oh, actually, yeah, I never get the clues. <laughs> Do I? I think I've only got it once or twice, maximum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. But you're going to have a chance to earn some extra points for playing a game. Okay. <laughs> I want to say we're sort of doing something play your cards variety, but I don't think that's true. Okay. <laughs> but you are going to need to do some guessing. Okay, that's alright. Should we crack on? Yeah. So your clue is a stationary mortgage. A stationary mortgage. I mean, I sort of think most mortgages are stationary because houses don't move. Mm. Unless it's a houseboat or a, I don't know, a caravan or something. <laughs> stationary mortgage. Or is it something to do with buying so much paper that you have to take out a mortgage? Because I would be tempted to do that myself, you know. I was going to say, I reckon you've got a house's worth of <laughs> notebooks. <laughs> um, mortgage that don't move. I don't know. Mm. This is to do with a challenge that a guy called Kyle MacDonald set himself right. in 2005. Mm. And I want to know if you think he's going to achieve his goal. Okay. So, given a single paperclip right. of one year. What do you think you could trade it for? A single paper clip in a year? Mm-hmm. I don't think you could trade it for much. <laughs> I mean, how often is someone in desperate need of a paper clip? But mind you, you can use it for other stuff. You could unravel it and pick locks with it. Mm, you could do. I don't know how you do that. But no, I don't. But I've seen stuff on TV, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Um, which I never believe works. No. <laughs> um, Although there's a guy on TikTok who, like, his whole thing is finding old, supposedly really secure locks and just being like, yeah, you can pick it in 30 seconds. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. I feel like what... It, it feels like you can't really trade it for anything. I mean, I've got about 200 of them in my drawer in the office. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel like it's going to be one of those stories where someone goes, this time last year, I just had a paperclip. Now I've got a million pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of them sort of, um, you know, all you have to do is say these three positive phrases every day and you too could have a million pounds. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something like that. What, what's the question? Given a paperclip in a year, what do you think you could trade it for? Me? Probably nothing. <laughs> nothing? I, well, I don't know. A staple. I don't know. Swapping a paperclip <laughs> for a staple. A paperclip is worth more than a staple. I don't know. It stops your papers moving as much as a paperclip. Well, you're no good without a stapler. Yeah. Have you got a stapler? Yeah, I've got a stapler. Okay. I've got two staples. One at home, one at home. Oh, flash. I know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what could I trade it for? My issue is I'm not a trader. I'm a passer, passer of stuff. I don't think trade. See where I'm going wrong in life. I need to start thinking trades. <laughs> <laughs> you can have this if I have that. Yeah. Um, a pencil. Okay. Maybe a pencil. <laughs> What's he trading well, I'll, for? I'll let you know what Kyle did. Oh, okay. So in 2005, he was unemployed and being supported by his girlfriend. And I mean, he's what well, I'm not. He's an ideas man. Right. So he's got all of these great plans that he wants to do, but they're not really getting him anywhere. Mm. And his girlfriend's getting a bit fed up. Oh, because he's riding on her. That's why. Like, her passion stretches and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all wearing a bit thin, so he decides to look for just a conventional job. Oh. That didn't get him anywhere either. <laughs> He did that for a couple of months, but didn't really get anything out of it. So with a bit of encouragement from his dad, he decided to pursue one of his ideas. And it was an idea based on a game called Bigger and Better, which when he was talking about it, sounds like it's a big deal. I've never heard of it. But Mm. the idea is you start with something little, and you trade it and keep trading for something bigger and better. Okay. And Hence then, the mm. yeah. So I did trade it for something bigger and better, a pencil. Yeah. If I could get someone to trade for that. <laughs> but yeah. And then yeah, when if you've got like an hour or whatever, then whoever's got the biggest and best thing after an hour wins. That's what this game is. So he was like, I'm gonna do that. It's a job. Yeah. Okay, what, when did the girlfriend leave? <laughs> oh, sorry, should I say, when did she kick him out? Because it's obviously her house. <laughs> <laughs> so he started with the first thing he saw on his desk, which was one red paperclip. Okay. And he created a post on Craigslist, or Craigslist if you're American because they don't know how to pronounce words. And he offered the paperclip for a trade with a little description of what he's doing, what his plan is, and a little PS at the bottom that said, I'm going to make a continuous chain of up trades until I get a house or an island or a house on an island. You get the idea. Mm -hmm. So that's his plan. 
starts with this little red paperclip and he's just waiting for someone to make an offer. So are you going with his first trade being for a pencil? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, you're pretty close with it. Am I? Yeah. What did he get? So on the 14th of July, 2005, he made his first trade in Vancouver. I'm telling you these because he goes all over the place. It's quite impressive, I think. Mm, I quite like the game, though. Yeah. Because the thing is, if I saw that on the internet, I'd think, what don't I want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to take part in it, maybe. Yeah. I'd think, that's quite interesting. All right, let me swap you a light bulb or something, you know, that I don't you need for a lamp anymore. You know them ones in the back <laughs> of the cupboard that don't fit anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he traded it for a pen in the shape of a fish. <laughs> oh. Mm. Okay. I mean, he wasn't attached to the pen. He got rid of it the same day. Oh. What's he trading the pen for? I reckon he's trading the pen for a ruler. No. No? He's not sticking with stationery. His second trade is for a handcrafted doorknob. Mm-hmm. Which he goes to the state of Washington for. Okay. So. When you mean he goes there, there, you mean they send it from there? I think he went there. But how's he funding this trip? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So he's got a doorknob. <laughs> yep. Handcrafted. Yes. Mm. Of course. Made out of. No, not so Okay. <laughs> On the 25th of July. His 15th birthday, he completed his third trade. He went to Massachusetts for this one. What do you walk away with? The doorknob. The entire door. No. (laughs) (laughs) He walked away with a camp stove and fuel. Right. Which is better than a doorknob. Yeah. Camp stove and fuel. Okay. For a paperclip. Yeah. yeah, but also from a paper clip. Yeah. Yeah. But no one's gone, here's a camp stove, I'll take that paper clip, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> he held on to the camp stove for two months. Rude. Took him that long to find someone he wanted to trade with. Okay. And he took it to California. And on the 24th of September, he traded that for... Pair of shoes. Pair of shoes. <laughs> That's awful. Pair of boots, actually. What kind of boots do you think are worth a camp stove? Cowboy boots. Cowboy boots in California? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> California. No, not boots. I'm not trying to think of California. Um, orange tree. I mean, the location's not actually relevant. <laughs> He traded it for a generator. Right. I don't think he had plans for that generator when he got it, but why not? His fifth trade didn't really work out because the generator was confiscated by New York City Fire Department. Why? Because what are you doing with a generator? (laughs) Well, people can have generators, can't they, in case they get power cuts. 
I don't know, it just I think it would seem a strange thing to be doing, no? You could have this generator for I don't know what I don't know, it just seems a bit strange. Hmm. I mean it was only temporary though. We did get back. Oh, okay. Um, well, speaking of that's the end of the game. Yeah. No, it was only temporary. Right. We got it back. Okay. And we got it back at some point before the 16th of November. Because that is when he traded it for... Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Was it? No. Oh. It's festive, though. He traded it for an instant party. <laughs> what? An instant party. An empty keg, a neon Budweiser sign, and a promise to fill the keg with beer of the new owner's choice. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, he got something fun out of it. Yeah. His next trade, again, a few weeks he held on to that. Mm. He's not rushing into finding trades for these. Mm. The 8th of December. Next one. What do you get for an instant party? Um, answer machine. What? <laughs> so that, I'm just thinking of random things. <laughs> People don't even have answer machines nowadays, but then they did. In 2005? Yeah. What kind of dark ages? Maybe. That's ages ago now. Yeah, I suppose. Wasn't an option machine. What was it? It was a snowmobile. Why? Which I think is worth a lot more than a keg and a neon sign. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is? It's just like if two people think they don't want something, the other person might want it, even if it's more value. They might be glad to get rid of something because they yeah. want the other thing. Yeah. Uh, his next trade was only a couple of days after that and this one again is a sort of promise like an IOU mm. what do you reckon it's for? Um, a promise um, um, a trip somewhere? yeah right okay <laughs> so he traded the snowmobile for a trip for two in February of 2016 uh, to Yak in British Columbia. Okay. Yeah, nice little holiday he's got. Mm. Unfortunately, he's not keeping the holiday. No. So my girlfriend's still not doing anything decent <laughs> out of this guy. <laughs> he took a little break for Christmas. Like he did. Yeah. You have to. Mm. The rules. Yeah, took a little break for Christmas and New Year and all that sort of business. And on the 7th of January 2006, he swapped one place on that trip. What did he swap it for? Um, he swapped it for... Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird thing. I can't really think of it. 
one place he swapped something for. So whoever he swapped it for has got to go with this person. Like himself. Yeah, I suppose. That's weird. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. You know? No. He swapped that for a box there. What? Yeah, some of these. There are a couple that I think, how do you... Mm. How? Okay. So if it's a running van, yeah. how is that worth a place on this little trip? If it's a broken van, who is he trading it to? Awesome. Yeah. A box van. Right, okay. Yep. And again, it took him a while to get rid of that one. But that took him to Ontario. Mm. On the 22nd of February. Making another trade. What a box that I'm worth. Two cows. <laughs> it is not worth two cows. It is worth a recording contract with Metalworks. What? <laughs> a recording contract with Metalworks, as in like, a singing contract? Like... Yeah, recording contract. Okay. That's what he trades the van for. That's mad. Mm-hmm. Right. On the 11th of April. It's quite a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For this one, he wanted... There were a couple that he really wanted to find people that it would make a difference to. Mm. And this is one of them, it seems. So, yeah, it took him a while to find someone to give that contract to. But he found someone. Mm. And in return... He was offered a room in a house in Phoenix, Arizona. I really wish you'd have asked me that because in my head I went, I bet he swapped it for a room in a house. Because <laughs> I thought to myself, if they've given him that chance to have this recording thingy, maybe they'll let him stay at their house. Right, okay. So a room yeah, in a house. I should have asked you that one. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really. Don't ask me the next one, I feel like I could get it wrong already. Okay, so room in I house. will be shocked if you get the next one right. <laughs> okay. Alright. But yeah, um, a room in a house rent free for right. a year. Right. Is what he got in return for the contract. Yeah. Two weeks later, makes the next trade. What's a year's rent worth? Um, I don't know. I actually don't. It's an experience. It's not a thing. Yeah. So is it um, a set period of time in a particular role? No. Okay. Any other guesses? Um, Beach Steve Rosen. No. Okay, go on. It's an afternoon with Alice Cooper. <laughs> what the hell? As if I would have guessed that. So this and person... What, I think a year's rent-free is worth more than that. We're saying, but I don't really care about Alice Cooper, so... If you're a fan, if you actually want to meet him, spending yeah. an afternoon with him, might be worth a year's rent. I don't actually... Who's... Uh, who's 
to my ex and after doing you for a few millions so worth a year's rent. <laughs> no way. Maybe a while ago, not these days. <laughs> Just an afternoon off is probably worth a year's rent at this rate. <laughs> yeah, afternoon with Alice Cooper. It was because the the person who lived next door to the house where the room was. Mm. She worked for Alice Cooper and was like, he doesn't know that I'm offering an afternoon of his time, but he'll probably do it. So she offered that and Kyle was like, only if you move into the house. (laughs) She didn't need to. She lived next door. She had her own place. But he was like, nope, trade's a trade. You have to move in. Yeah. So I reckon the Alice Cooper thing you could trade quite a lot for. Because there are people who are obviously crazy fans. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, if I had an afternoon with Alice Cooper to give away, I'd be like, it's a, a really good bit of chocolate cake. It's worth more than an afternoon with Alice <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> give me the best brownie you can find. Yeah. He's all yours. <laughs> whole afternoon yeah but yeah there's some people that are going to be massive fans yeah it's worth loads to them what did he get for it then so it took two weeks to find someone no didn't took a month to find someone to take that afternoon Mm. what do you think he traded it for I reckon it could be something like Plane journey somewhere, or something like that. I don't know. What was it? Because I'm getting big. Yeah, he's meant to be getting bigger. He is meant to be getting bigger. What he traded it for was a motorized kiss snow globe. What? As in the band? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, motorized kiss snow globe. Yeah, that's a terrible trade. Surely. Well, this was another one. The guy that gave him the snow globe was like an aspiring, not musician, I don't think, photographer or something. Okay. Um, and yeah, basically, this this meeting, this afternoon, and introduction and connection and blah 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 would be life changing for him. Okay. So, you know, there are a lot of people that got in touch, like, well, I'm a really big fan, I'd love to meet him, or I'd love to give my dad this chance for Father's Day, or, mm. you know, it's my brother's birthday, or whatever. Like, yeah. all people got in touch just because they're really big fans, they want to meet him. And then there was this one guy who was like, meeting him would change my life. <laughs> he was like, what have you got? Yeah. So, yeah, he ended up trading a snow globe. Which a lot of people were following this whole story by this point. Yeah. And when he made that trade, a lot of people got me up about it. Yeah. And were like, I think I think they told him it was like thirty dollars or something on eBay. Why would he do that? I don't get it. Well I mean obviously to give this guy a life changing experience, but this guy himself's trying to get a life changing experience. Yeah, I think I think as well, 
I mean, at this point, it's publicity, isn't it? Mm. I guess so. Like, if you're doing this whole thing, then all of a sudden you change it for a snow globe, then as they did, you would expect you to have people being like, what are you doing? As if that's worth that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's what people did. Okay. But they got attention, helped this guy out, and he's moving on. Now he's got a snow globe to trade. Mm-hmm. Long time year for it, though. Is there a right time of the year for snow globes? Well, aren't are they sort of associated with winter and Christmas? Mm, no, just. I think. Yeah. Not needed. Yeah. <laughs> So what's he given the snow globe away for? Oh, God, I feel like I might have gone back to a paperclip from that. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's impossible to think of that, because I think who would want that? So I feel like he might have had to do it for like a bag of frozen peas or something. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Do you know who Corbin Burnson is? I know the name. I didn't know who he was. He's the guy from LA Law. I was just going to say, is he a lawyer? But is he the actor or the character? The actor. The actor, yeah. I loved LA Law. Oh, that's why I wanted to be a lawyer when I was young. I loved LA Law. I knew that. Look, I was just going to say, I'm sure he's a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. He's a fake lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Minute um, Strode was with him. For what? Does that help you guess what it was for? An acting lesson. No. It's for an acting role. An acting role? It was for a role in a straight-to-DVD film called Donna on Demand that he was making. Okay. So he was like, yeah, I'll have your snow globe. Here's a role in a film. Oh, weird trade. Yeah. But now, with the role in the film, mm-hmm. it can definitely do something with that. Cause there's so many wannabes there. Mm. And what do you think he managed to get for that? Mm. I don't know. Mine's actually blank. <laughs> Go on. What do you think someone would give for a role in a film? For their big break on a straight-to-DVD film? Um, a percentage of their earnings. Percentage of their earnings. Hmm. That was the role paid. I wonder how that would work to trade it away. Percentage. Not that. So at this point, we're in July. So we're a year on, almost exactly a year on mm. from his first trade. Do you think he's done it? Oh, it's meant to be done in a year. He made his last trade a year after. Right, okay. And has he got a house or a house on an island? Do you think he got a house, an island, or a house on an island? Okay, so he swapped that for a Lego set. For a Lego set? And then he's got the house or something like that, right? A Lego house or something. This role does seem rubbish and Lego's expensive I'd say the Lego would be worth more yeah but no he traded it for his 14th trade in a year Mm. from a single paper clip 
traded her for a full real farmhouse in Kipling in Saskatchewan. Where's that? Canada. Okay. We traded it for a farmhouse. Yeah. In a year from a paper clip because someone wanted to be an actor. So at the end of this project, he walked away with a full house. That was paid for on everything. A whole house that was his. Mm. Would you like to know how? You told me how. But the person that gave him the house wasn't the person that took the the film role. Oh, why? So this whole idea was one of Kipling's economic development officers. Right. It was his move. He proposed that exchanging a house for the role to give to a local resident would benefit the town. And this is where, given that he was really particular about who he traded some of the other things with, this is where it seems a bit just gimmicky and... Yeah. Yeah. So the deal was Carl MacDonald would get the house, the town would hold auditions for the Donor on Demand role, Mm. and that ended up going to the guy who lived there called Nolan Hubbard, and the town would get a load of tourism out of it. Mm. That was the deal. It doesn't really feel like that's still out there. Well... It kind of did work. Mm. They also built a giant red paperclip sculpture in the town, right. in like one of the parks, which was 15 feet and 2 inches tall. It's quite big. Mm. And at the time, it was the largest paperclip in the world. Well, I'd expect it would be. It no longer is. Oh. It's a bigger one in Russia now. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, That meant that the town was featured in the 2007 editions of the Guinness Book of World Records and Ripley's Believe It or Not. Mm. Um, It's been in films and TV shows, including... The town or the paperclip? The town. Right. Maybe the paperclip. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, other films and TV shows, including another film by Corbin Burnson called Rust. Again, never heard of it. Mm. But Nolan Hubbard was also in that, and that was his only other acting credit. <laughs> so oh. it wasn't his big break. No. Um. Yeah that that film also had loads of other actors and extras from the town. Mm. Um. Yeah, it was. It's been featured in adverts and all sorts of things. So it did. It did benefit the town. Kyle did get his house. Some random guy that wanted to be in a film got to be in a film. But the fact that, I don't know, maybe it's more cynical of me. Mm. I don't know. Because it is a nice thing for the town and it would boost their economy and boost tourism and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it just feels a bit gimmicky. Yeah. Well. Okay. So there you go. That is how you trade. A paper clip for a house in a year. <laughs> That's quite impressive, though. 
considering some of those trades are definitely going backwards. Yeah, a couple of them, you for know. sure. And then all of a sudden he's gone forward to a farmhouse. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, if it was a good film, it's probably worth a house. What I'm did not you do sure after that, that film role was worth a house? What did you do after that? Yeah. Live in the house, and that's it. To all of his missus? Mm. He wrote a book about it. Oh, okay, so that's yeah. more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Okay, and people you are just get a couple of points there. Yeah, well, I should have done. I did well on that, I'm afraid. Yeah. Right, are you ready for some facts then? Yeah, you promised good ones. Yeah, we're looking at some firsts this week. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you three, three, it's really hard to say when you've got a tiny list, three firsts. <laughs> say it, say it. Three, three firsts. Three firsts. That's hard. I'm not listening to you. Okay, so the first first, first, first. is um, that the first Disney princess is Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's the first Disney princess. The first horror film was called The Devil's Castle. And the first number one in the UK was in 1955. Now, so the three firsts there, you know, mm-hmm. see if you can <laughs> figure out which first is correct. Do you want me to go through any more times? Cinderella's the first Disney princess. Yep. What's the first horror film? The first horror film is called The Devil's Castle. First number one. UK number one. It's in 1955. Okay. Now, for several reasons that I won't bother going into, I have looked at the Wikipedia pages of every UK number one. And? And I know that when they started, there were like three in the decade. Is there one in the fours? Is what Wikipedia counts as a number one different to an official number one? Well, I'm going to say to you, just to help you out a little bit, maybe or not, is the official chart company. Okay. We'll go back to that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe Fred can send me telepathic. Messages. Okay. Um, how does anyone know what the first horror film was? Some people do. The first by what measure? First recorded, you know, thing of a horror film that was stipulated to be a horror film. It's like saying when was the first first cartoon now? I mean, you know, it's going to be one, isn't it? Yeah, but like the first one in cinemas, the first. But someone could have made a horror film and no one's ever seen it. Still the first one. I don't like that one. Well, <laughs> it's the first horror film. That's what I'm telling you. Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. I feel like everyone thinks of her as like the main one, but she wasn't the first one. Okay. But I don't know who I think the first one is. Snow White? I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's old, isn't she? What are you going to do? 
<sighs> I think you definitely get it wrong. I think. <laughs> but anyway. I think I mean, it's definitely just going to be random guesses unless you actually know it. I'm, I'm trying to scan files <laughs> for the number ones. I feel like there might have been like two number ones in the 40s. But maybe that's just a Wikipedia slash official chart difference. Mm. But that's a risky one. Yeah. yeah. I'll say it wasn't 55. Now let's go for the horror film. You think the horror film is the true one? No. <laughs> you think you think the Devil's Castle is the is the true answer? Is that what you're going with? Is that what you're going with? I don't, but yeah. Okay. The first Disney princess is in fact Snow White. So well done. <laughs> that is correct. Um, the first UK number one. It was in 1952, and it was called Here in My Heart. So, in <laughs> fact, you are correct that The Devil's Castle, which I thought you'd be like, oh, how rubbish is that title? That's definitely not the it right is. The Devil's Castle is the first silent horror film that lasted three minutes, and it was released, if my eyeballs will let me work at this hour, in 1896. Mm-hmm. For a bonus point, Tell me who was born in 1896. Mm. That's in our crew. Well, not currently, but you should know this from the tree. Mold? Definitely not mold. <laughs> no way, she's way sooner towards us than that. I forget who's who. Who's that? Uh, who's 1896? Granny Woods. And it blows my mind when I think about the fact that I knew someone born in 1896 yeah, in my lifetime. It's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah. Anyway, well done. You thought you were going to be all smug. No. Do you know why? Because you were go- you were going, oh, these Italians, da 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 And I thought you might go with the chart thing. I thought you might think, actually, you're probably right, because you're saying, like you were saying, that Wikipedia might be wrong mm-hmm. compared to the chart thing. You need to like official blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. So, well done. <laughs> Oh, I'm, Cheers. Annoyed. I'm a bit annoyed about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okie doke. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, you can subscribe, but I promise it won't be a month before the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, we're on Twitter at T-A-I-K Podcast, on Instagram at That's All I Know Podcast. Um, I'll be back next week hopefully okay bye see you there bye